Right, I don't know why it took so long to record this episode. Actually, I do know. I'm just a procrastinator, but here we are. And here comes season two, episode one. Thanks for being here. So I'd like to kick off this first episode with a little bit of an explanation to why CEOs Confess hasn't been putting out any content. And really, it's pretty simple. I am the only one left. To put it in short, me and my other two friends, amigos, yes, we are still friends. We just decided to part ways because, well, this wasn't really a business that was going to be making any money soon. And it did take a lot of time from them and their actual money-making businesses. So as much as I wanted us to all continue, I think long-term, it just wouldn't make sense. However, as I still feel very deeply about podcasts and, and just being able to chat about the CEOs Confess stuff, I then just took it upon myself to just keep it running. And here we are. Now, just to kind of make sure everyone understands, like I will still be hosting other CEOs and we will have those interview sessions like we did in season one, because that was the primary reason why we started this whole channel in the first place. But this season... As I embark on my own entrepreneurship journey, I felt that this was going to be a great medium to kind of use it as a platform to talk through my own thoughts about this journey and moving into my family business. So coin episode one, a personal journey into family business ownership. I'm going to use this as a way to talk through my thoughts and learnings and and hopefully you guys will be able to learn something too along the way. So first, I do want to talk about how did I finally take the leap from having just a paid, you know, secure job to taking the leap into entrepreneurship. And there was actually a couple of reasons. Number one, I wasn't really fully satisfied with my current job or career progression anymore. At a certain point, I no longer was learning anything and I definitely wasn't earning as much as I felt I have grown into. And from what I could gather, if you're not really doing both or getting either or, as in you're not earning as much as you think you should for your capabilities and your experience, and you're no longer learning anything, then it's it's usually a clear sign that you shouldn't work at the company anymore, or at least find a new place to go. So I could have went and got another job, but that wasn't something I wanted to do either. Second, my grandma has been working for 50 years and in Penang, where the company is actually manufacturing this product and, and a couple of other products, well, my grandma's just getting old. So there isn't really someone to fully take over the business. Now, my mom's generation, so her kids, my grandma's kids, obviously, my mom's generation, there's a couple of them that are taking over, but no one that is ultimately there on a day-to-day -day basis taking lead of the company. So that was another reason. It's just, you know, from a family business standpoint, someone has to take over for it to continue. And uh, I believe this product is great. It's it's actually really good. It's just not me saying it. This is actually what other people said, so... That's another reason. It's somewhat of a responsibility if you want to continue this legacy. And given my background in food and some of the stuff I used to do in Canada that was not filmmaking related, it was just like trying to feed myself. 
you fast forward till today, it actually has played a really big part in why I am probably the most qualified to go back into my family business and try to revigor the way that business is run. Another reason is global timing. Currently, everything is in a recession. And that's actually supposedly a good time to start business or at least building the foundations to a business. Because once everyone start, you know, the world is in a more bullish market and people are spending again, you definitely don't want to start your business at that point because then you're a little bit too late. So right now where everyone's kind of bearish, you know, everyone's kind of being a little bit more double checking how they're spending their money. This is a great time to pull back and rebuild the foundation to a business that will later be able to scale in the right opportunity. And this supposedly will only happen two or three times in your whole life. So this is probably the second time this has happened in my life where there's a massive recession and people are being very scarce with their money. So I felt like this was the time that I should take the risk to attempt this at all. Next is, look, I'm at the age where I'm very interested in building a family, having kids and all that. and you know, once that happens, you don't really have a lot of time to take these risks. You're, you're more likely to stick to a more secure job once you know that there is a kid on the way or the family's building. So with that in mind, I also just went, look, it's now or never. And I've always wanted to do something for myself. Now, that being said, I am not just joining the company because of just these reasons. Throughout most of my life, I've always wanted to get involved in this company. But if you know anything about me, my family has always been around food and we've always been very, you know, in close relationship with food. My brother is actually a head chef of some restaurants in Canada. He's actually a founder of this really successful restaurant called Breakfast Table in Vancouver. In my early days, my passion was always around filmmaking, video and content type stuff. And I... I just really didn't want to just follow in my brother's footstep. I wanted to be different. But after having, you know, enough success and, and time in industry and working with corporates, I felt like I wanted to change. I was able to kind of follow my passions and found that success. And that satisfied me up until now, where now I'm just actually thinking, what next? I'm not sure if I want to just be doing production anymore. I, I'm really interested in the idea of running a business and this opportunity and timing wise and everything in my mind just became really clear. It was just right timing and right situation. And when I look back on, on my experiences in life and so forth, I, I could have never figured out that it would all come to this point where it all started to make sense. So a little bit of context to some of my previous experiences outside of production and filmmaking was I had about three or four years in a seafood manufacturing and processing plant where I learned a lot about import export of produce, especially around seafood and how that ran with businesses and restaurants. And basically like I eventually got to a place where I was like the weekend manager of this processing plant. So I knew about rotation. I knew about certain methodologies around how a food-based business is supposed to operate in terms of, you know, cleanliness and all these type of things. And then somewhere along the way of trying to also, you know, pursue my film career in Vancouver, I also struggled 
to make ends meet. So I eventually had to work for my brother in his kitchen where I started as like a cafe sandwich maker and I slowly worked my way up. And through that experience, I also learned the fundamentals of how to cook and run stuff in a proper kitchen. I, I learned a little bit about the food industry as a whole. I mean, I asked a lot of questions to my brother and, and you know, I, I, I still, I'll, I'll, I'll follow whatever he, he says in, in that experience. But a lot of these types of experience, I would have never guessed that at that time it would make sense or, or, or would be beneficial to me much later in life. I always saw pursuing my passion as the goal and these were just things I needed to do. So in hindsight, I guess one of the learnings, you know, looking back now is you never know what type of experiences you have in life that will actually come full circle and will really be beneficial to you later in life. I think in one of season ones, we we interviewed Evangeline Leong, founder of Kobe, the social media, the social media girl who finds social influencers to connect with businesses. And she mentioned talking about, you know, having to do all this dirty work and, and all this work that didn't really make sense to her at the time, but she knew it, it was better than doing the corporate job. But it only made sense later in life when she, you know, embarked on her entrepreneurship journey and all those experiences started to come full circle, which really helped her start her new business. So much like that, I feel like this is coming full circle for me as well. All those experiences I've had previously will now be able to be utilized in something that I feel will give me a lot more purpose. And not just purpose for helping someone else's business grow. Of course, when you're hired as an employee, that's, that's what you're hired to do. But now it feels like it means a lot more to me because it's my own family. And it's around a product that our family has been making for almost 50 years. And it's not something that I want to just let go and die off just because my grandma's not making anymore. So hence, I'm going to step up and take on this legacy. And to be honest, I think we have a really big shot at making this huge and this branding huge. And hopefully with my production background, we'll be able to create a decent amount of content and marketing to make sure the rest of the world understands the story and understands my my story and understands the brand story of how this has come to be. And hopefully will be a household name one day. Okay, so next, let's talk about difficulties within a family business. I haven't really started the whole job yet. That's going to be happening in a couple of weeks here. But already just getting the job, I wanted to make sure that my family understood I'm not just stepping into this job as a family member. I didn't want to just say, oh, because I'm a family and I get like certain privileges of being a family. Like part of the hardest part with family businesses is that sometimes they do not operate like a proper business. And that's usually the biggest, I think, failure point with family businesses is People are just working as best as they can with not a lot of experience behind everything. They're just taking things one step at a go. So it's really hard to scale and, and figure things out. Unlike my family, a lot of my family, I actually worked in the industry for a while and in various industries and various startups. So 
I had an opportunity to see how things were built and how things were ran. And as an employee, you just get a different perspective of where things maybe have went right or wrong with businesses. Now, to me, it's exciting to start in a business that has already been functioning. But with that also means there's a lot of things that are probably not up to par. That means things will have to get rearranged one day. And I also know now that it's not something that you just want to jump into a company and hoo-ha, hoo-ha, you're the boss and change everything. It's like you, you do want to take a slow step in and figure things out slowly, try to learn what has been working so that you can see where areas of improvement can be made to then make things more efficient. You definitely don't want to step in, step on a lot of people's toes. But yeah, even when starting this family business, I made sure that I, I called every single family member that still had a share or, or does have a, a say in this business. And I made sure that they felt okay first to even give me an opportunity to come into this business and potentially run it. After that, I didn't expect that I would just get the job either. So before I officialized everything, I actually spent a day or two building up a whole presentation deck about what are the things I saw, different phases of the business that I think could be improved. I, I presented to them exactly how, at this point, I felt where I could add to the business and certain ideas that I felt needed to be rearranged and structured better so that it had the potential to scale later on. And that was that has been one of the biggest difficulties with this business. It was the inability to scale and also the inability to refresh the brand outside of the actual product, but the brand itself for the newer generation, the younger generation. Because we're, we're primarily building a fairly traditional food product that is actually not very common. It's actually something that people only think of during a certain period of the year, particularly the dragon boat season, because that's like the, the main time everyone, you know, wants to eat this batsang in Penang. But we make it year round, so we're well known for it. But to take a traditional dish like this and bring it to the new age and make it cool and make it, you know, interesting again, I think that is probably going to be one of the biggest struggles. And on top of that, because it's been a family business that has been functioning for 50 years, or almost 50 years, it's going to take a lot of rewiring of my family members to understand that we can't just do what we've done for the past 40 odd years. We can't just keep doing that and expect it to get better. The reality is if we don't change certain things or if we don't innovate or, or pivot in the way we approach this business, the likelihood of the business not being able to survive or at least maybe it just just surviving year on year becomes really high. And that's not a business that I actually want to to build. I want to build a business where the legacy of my grandma and this product that we made and the products that we will make in the future all go towards a larger goal, a mission. And this is something that I've thought about a lot, right? So even in that presentation, I, I, I started writing out what is that bigger goal. And within that goal, it helps also align a lot of my family members regarding what we can and should do and what we, just as importantly, what we should and should not do. 
because right now with every family member, everyone's got an opinion, everyone wants to do an idea. And that's what makes family businesses really difficult, especially when you're trying to hand it over to another generation. It becomes leaderless. And, you know, I think a lot of family members, they want their own way about it. But if everyone has their own say, then no one is able to align on a single goal. And that makes a business really hard, like extremely hard to grow. When top line management or top line decision makers are not aligned with the goal, I've seen businesses completely collapse because basically the people down the line don't know how to help the business. So that being said, me hopefully stepping into the business, I'll be able to help bring some of that clarity to the business. And hopefully my, my family will also be willing to allow me to make those decisions and, and follow suit. Another big problem with family businesses, well, like I was mentioning earlier, a lot of my family, at least in that family, they have never worked for anyone else. They've always built their own, you know, businesses. So they don't know what it's like to have to go through interviews, to have to follow orders and, and so forth and, and keep their job or even negotiate for salaries. They've always been their own boss, which means when it comes to running a business or trying to scale a business, they haven't really seen how other bigger businesses have that corporate structure that enables the business to grow like that. And secondary, it's really hard. It's really hard, I think, when you don't have that experience to then zoom out, to constantly zoom out and see the bigger picture and how this effectively should or would grow. Because similarly, if I didn't work in a corporate business and I didn't work in companies that have like 100 plus employees and, and spoken to the people I've spoken to, I would have never learned that it is so important for the leader to be able to sometimes separate themselves from the day to day, especially if you're like the CEO, where separating yourself in a way to then just be able to zoom out of the business, like continuously zoom out so that you can see the business as a whole and start to strategize where you want to go with the business instead of, you know, getting back into the weeds and, and doing day to day. Like I, I don't get me wrong. You definitely should be in the weeds day to day and learning that stuff. So you're not so disconnected from the business, but at the same time, it's equally as important to be able to zoom out and figure out the big picture so that you can actually help the business grow. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to lead the company. So I think with some of my family members, they just haven't had that opportunity to, to do that or to learn how to do that. So they will take one problem at a time or see one, one thing, but not, not see the whole picture. And because they're not working in the business day to day, there's a lot of fragmented info that combined you know, when push comes to shove to make certain decisions, they might not be able to make the best decisions. And they're very afraid of sometimes making the wrong decisions because they just don't have the information. So being able to zoom out, be in the weeds, know enough about it, but able to zoom out to see where you're going and then connect the dots. I think this is something that many people in family business may not necessarily have. I'm not saying I have it either, but at least I recognize it. And that's something that I'm going to be hopefully bringing in to the business to, well, 
help them align. If they don't know what it is, it will be my job to discover what it is and to paint it for them so that they can see and that they can make some decisions moving forward. Now, it's a family business. So obviously, I think one of the hardest parts about any type of family business is the fact that it's hard to separate the family from the business. It may have family members in the business, and it may be called a family business, but at the end of the day, it still, to me, has to run like a business. The way I would love to run this is it's a business first that just so happens to include family members. Simply keeping it as a family business, I don't believe will allow it to scale properly. Sometimes there's just too many cooks in the kitchen and it causes a lot of confusion as to who's leading the business and who's able to make some of those decisions that will be best for the future of the company. Because at some point, each family member is, I think, naturally going to be making decisions that are going to be maybe a little bit favorable to them personally. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's just human nature. So making sure you have a proper organization chart, a proper understanding of if you are going to be in this business and making certain decisions, what are your actual responsibilities? Sure, everyone can have an opinion. You're allowed that as shareholders of the business. But if you're not in their day-to-day, then you can't possibly be making all the decisions. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. If you are going to be a part of the business on the day-to-day level, then there also has to be some segregation to, like, what responsibilities are people supposed to do? Because having five people taking care of five different things, in my experience, is not a great way to segregate the job, the JD. To me, as I've learned, it's like you need to look at who is naturally better or has has a better way or, or, or interested in a specific task that the business really needs and have that person focus on that specific task. Let them be responsible for that and give them the leeway to effectively do that well. And as a team, you can come together and make sure that everyone else in the team knows what they're supposed to do and their responsibilities. And if they need help, then they can reach out to the wider team to then help. But to have everyone look after everything, that is where I think a lot of problems lie because no one really knows what they're supposed to do. No one takes responsibility. And then at the end of the day, nothing gets done. And I think that's another really big problem with family businesses is they don't know or have not maybe figured out where that segregation happens and when to do it. Because at the end of the day, I think that's a pretty hard conversation to have for many people. And knowing families, they don't want to have those hard conversations because, well, sometimes they could just break up a family. But you got to do it. It's a business. And if you want the business to thrive, then just like any company, I believe you have to have those hard conversations. Now, me coming into this whole situation is I am not at the same tier, let's say, as my aunties and uncles, because 
to them, they are all family. They are all within the same lineage or, or age group where it's very difficult for them to be like, who's who, who's got the responsibility. In Asian culture, usually the oldest person has the biggest say, but at the same time, it's like the oldest person isn't always the most knowledgeable in all these things. So that in itself lies a lot of, I think, family decision-making that is very difficult. Fast forward to me, my generation, the third generation, I've actually never worked in the family business. I've helped here and there. Yeah, sure, of course. But I've actually spent the most of my life, the most of my career working outside the family business. And I think I get a lot of respect from my family members having, you know, for the better part, succeeded in what I've always wanted to do, in which they've always considered was just not something that you know, a typical Asian person would do. Like, they're like, filmmaking, video photography, Does is that going to be enough to, you know, afford you a, a certain lifestyle? Because that's just something that no one, you know, they, they've never considered as a as, as a career. The, the typical stuff is, you know, doctor, lawyer, that type of stuff. But I've proven to them that I was able to to do it, and I did it fairly well. And I think they give me a lot of respect for that. So, Coming into the family business now as a third generation, one of the eldest within my cousins or within that that part of the family, I've actually proven that I was able to find a certain amount of success outside of the family business. Nothing was necessarily handed to me because, you know, in the real world, you have to work for it. I'm fighting against every other capable person that wants my job or the job that is available somewhere down the line i've succeeded in that so bringing all of that experience back into the family business is something that i was able to convey to them why i was the right candidate for this job and and to me I, i'm i'm super stoked and and also honored that i have this opportunity yes i've had to take a big financial step back luckily i've you know been saving up for this and much like all the entrepreneurs before me and after me, as far as I've learned and heard, you have to go through this step. There's no way around it, right? I'm fairly lucky that towards going on this specific journey with the family business is that it's already been functioning for 40-something-odd years. And I don't have to start from scratch. There's actually a massive foundation already there. It just needs to get cleaned up. It just needs to get a, you know, a new perspective and it needs some of that experience to just help it control itself and build itself so that it's got some structure to work off of. Foundationally, the product is there. Foundationally, a lot of stuff are set. It's just bringing that to the new generation and, and bringing that into a more structured business model and, and, I don't know. If you've ever worked with me, I am such a huge fan of structure, SOPs and building things like that. Like I like to know how to do things the same way, the best way again and again and again. Consistency is key. And when it comes to food stuff, you don't want surprises. No one goes to McDonald's because they want a surprise when they order a Big Mac. When you order a Big Mac or a cheeseburger at McDonald's, you know exactly what you're getting 
anywhere around the world. And that's because when it comes to food and things that you like about food, it is always consistent. So I'm super stoked to to figure all that out, right? To improve consistency, make it cool again, branding and all that stuff. And that's exciting. So starting this March, I'll be going back to Penang as this new role as a general manager of Feng Yi Dumplings. If you're ever in Penang, check us out. We've just opened up another cafe. We have basically like five retail stores just opened up in Penang over the last two years. We have one more opening up in JB, which actually allows us to access the Singaporean market. And it's the first outlet outside of the Penang region of Malaysia. And we look to, you know, expand further down the line. Anyways, like I said, this is really just the first episode of season two where I want to just take you on this journey of figuring this out. I wanted to share a little bit of where my thoughts are around this and some of the things I've learned or have thought about for myself, like some some of the answers I've been able to figure out. And maybe if, if you're a person that is in this predicament with a family business, like do you step in, do you, do you not? Maybe you can consider some of these things as well. I think currently this is just going to be something very therapeutic for me. And I just wanted to share this so that, you know, it's something that will be cemented somewhere online forever. Hopefully I'll be able to look back on this one day and be like, oh man, he was so naive. But anyways, it's the new me and maybe this will be new for you too. And we can go through this together. Oh, and one last thing. You remember how I said that? This was all timely because I wanted to, you know, have a family. Well, after I quit my job, I found out three weeks later that my wife's pregnant. So no pressure. Anyways, if you reached till this point, thank you for sticking around. I might have just rambled a lot, so not really sure where this is going exactly. But I just want to thank you for listening to this first episode. I hope this gets better. I will make this better, but do share and like and give me comments and feedback. I want to make this better, actually, but it does help to hear who's listening and, and what do they enjoy about this? And if you have any questions, actually, let me know, because then I can answer that for you in the next episode. Anyways, see you next time. Peace.